beaming from Pacific Junction Hotel to Earth. So much fun. Hello. Hello, hello. You guys can hear us? All right. Yay. Hi. So, yo, welcome to my summer layer. I'm your host, Sam Yunan. And uh, today's episode is special because of my location and my guest. Hello. Hello. So I'm streaming at the CF Studio Space Level 2 at the Toronto Eaton Center, which is, that's really fresh. And um, my guest today is Biff Naked. Super excited to have you here. Welcome, Biff. Thank you. It's an honor. So I want to pick up a couple of threads on your uh, long and crazy and wild journey. You, on August 19, you tweeted, Namaste. The thing about mornings is that there's this little undercurrent of possibility. I roll out of bed, roll across the floor to immerse myself in a swishing cool brook of hope. It doesn't matter if it is imaginary because it feels real in my heart. So with that in mind, what's exciting you about today? Like what is giving you hope? Oh my gosh. Well, I'm still high off of the, this cardinal we saw. Mm-hmm. So living here in Ontario, we there's a lot of birds actually that we don't see in British Columbia. And uh, cardinals, I'm obsessed with them. They're like little clowns. <laughs> and uh, I am still carrying this song of this like dumb bird mm-hmm. from a wire it, all day long. It's just been, it's been great. Everything gives me hope. Are you attracted to the birds because of the whole like idea of freedom and flight and just going? You know, I always marvel at, uh, you know, I don't think it's Darwinism or anything mm-hmm. like that, but I just think it's fascinating when you, when you think about the biology, the physiology of these little creatures. I mean, you know, they have little, little blood vessels in their feathers. I mean, it's just like the hollow bones. It's amazing, actually. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you look at everything with that kind of a lens, uh, I think it's impossible not to always uh, feel hopeful and feel like there's possibility in everything. That's also gratitude. Are hope and gratitude like it's two sides of a coin? I think so. I think that it's not difficult uh, for anybody to feel grateful. I mean, it just becomes a habit. You know, gratitude really can be a habit. Mm-hmm. You know, every time we make it home safe without getting hit by a car yeah, or, or without... Uh, you know, anything going wrong and we get home safely, you can actually like feel really grateful for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you leave the next day, you'll be hopeful that you can (laughs) come home grateful again. And so picking up on that thread of like hope and gratitude, you, um, you're recently also kind of celebrating Little Fair, which you did in 1999. That's right. Yeah. It was crazy a long time ago. Yes. That's a person. Yeah. It is a person. That's always <laughs> what I think. That's a person. That's like, you could have had a baby and then they'd be like right now in college. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. So who was on the bill with you? You had an incredible amount of like lady, powerful ladies on this bill. Oh, definitely. The year that I was on it was 1999. And uh, of course, it was just, I mean, everyone was there from the Indigo Girls. Um, uh, Kay's Choice was there. Uh, Cheryl Crow, Suzanne Vega, the Dixie Chicks. And of course, Sarah McLaughlin, who mm-hmm. was the, the oh, highlight of the night every single day. Mm-hmm. So hanging out with a bunch of ladies like that, what do you learn from them? Is it like how to fight? What do you? (laughs) No, I think I was the only mosh pit enthusiast on the (laughs) tour. I'm not sure. Uh, But honestly, I learned a lot about uh, about camaraderie that was different from doing the sweaty guy tours that I'm used to doing. And also uh, Sarah McLaughlin is uh, a very friendly and warm, generous person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really, you know, her her way of hosting a tour is very different from uh, all these European metal festivals that I was accustomed to. So it, it definitely, gave, I gave myself permission to, 
to be feminine in a way. Do we still need tours like this still? Uh, I think we do. And I think that now is a perfect time to do tours that are uh, more inclusive, that include lots of different artists of different abilities. Um, I mean, now is different in, in general with music and with the music business. How people consume their music is different. And generally, it's free. Mm-hmm. Uh, so artists and doing big tours like that, we have to rely on sponsorships and, and whatnot. But I think that, yeah, I think that it would be a great time to do a big tour like that again. All right. Are you going to set it up? You're going to be the From Sarah your Mc- mouth to God's ears. You're going to be the Sarah McLaughlin this time? <laughs> From your mouth to God's ears. You heard it here. <laughs> All right. And so, in terms of music, though, you've already put out nine albums. You're working on some new stuff now. Like, what is your relationship with music? Like, you've been doing this for 20, 30-odd years. That's right. Are you still madly in love with music? Madly. Okay. I'm nuts about it. I'm nuts. And, you know, I think that uh, as time goes on, it, it... it gets even deeper for me. And, and as I go into managing other artists and advocating for young artists myself, man, I go crazy for something that I know sounds good or is a hit. Uh, we did a video production series called Cypher mm-hmm. uh, where I got the opportunity to collaborate with Decisive. Yeah. And I'm telling you, that was so much fun. It was uh, collaboration is really where it's at for me. Um, and yeah, to be able to collaborate on hip hop was very cool. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about what that episode was uh, on Cypher because you also talked about your uh, breast cancer. That's right. And dealing with that in the community as well. That's, That's right. another like strong community of, I think it was all women, right? That you were Absolutely. Very similar to Little Fair. Oh, it was exactly the same, like a sorority. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's that lived experience, that shared experience that connects you to other people. And, and having to do breast cancer is uh, a, it's a really strange time in the story of anybody's life and a strange time for your family. And, and to be able to have that load lightened by having other patients around you uh, really is the key to success uh, and probably better patient outcomes in general. Did it surprise you, the, uh, the diverseness of that community? Because breast cancer affects a number of different people. It's not usually like, it's like what you were saying with Little Fair. Right, where you get this random group of people come That's together. Right. Yes. But you have this common experience. Exactly. And and with breast cancer it's the same. The uh the the patient population that I was in the trial with, uh twenty four to to eighty four, <laughs> you know, and women from all backgrounds, uh from Russia, South Asian women, um, you know, it, Vancouver is a, a different demographic, of course, than Toronto. Uh, but the randomized trial that we did was 100 women. So it was wow. it was crazy. Do you still keep in touch with some of those ladies? Yeah, I do. And, uh, you know, that's how you, that's how life goes. You meet people uh, through the, the strangest situations, honestly. And when you have a connection with someone, sometimes it's instant and it'll run deep. Mm-hmm. Is that part of your life, though? Like, just because you travel so much and you're on tour and you were, like, doing different shows and stuff, there's a different energy that you kind of carry that allows people to kind of connect with you and, like, seek you out? Maybe. I don't know. Like, it, it, you know, uh, I always say to my, my husband, always finds it weird. Sometimes I'll connect with somebody on an airplane. Um, and, and that's it. You know, we'll exchange numbers and then that's it. We're connected. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, five years later, we're still connected and still, you know, trying to, to collaborate or work together. And, and I think that's probably really common in any of the uh, types of jobs that we have, whether it's broadcasting mm-hmm. or, or art, photography, or music. Yeah, and in, in your latest single, picking up on that thread, like, 
um, I broke into your car last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, the single will be coming out soon. You sing, it might seem unseemly, but I am here. Oh, yes, I'm here, and I'm not going anywhere. So is this a single or is this a manifesto? <laughs> well, I think it's part, partly both. That, that song was fun to write. And uh, I don't know, it's a, it's a bit of a spoof on uh, obsessional love in a way, but at the same time, it is definitely a song about confidence. Mm-hmm. And like, as you were saying with like Little Fair, where you kind of like, it helped you get in touch with your femininity, in terms of your confidence, are these all at an all-time high now as you work on new music and new projects? Oh, I think so. And I think that especially for women, maybe for men too, but for me anyway, uh, as I get older and as I seem to finally get more confident in my art, mm-hmm. um, it just gets bolder and braver. I mean, you know, you think you're fearless before and then suddenly you take another leap and you go, oh my God, I feel even more fearless now. Which is funny because the perception of you is that you're fearless. I think that that's probably true for a lot of people, um, especially performers. You know, everybody still gets stage fright or anxious or nervous. Um, everybody is always worried what other people will think. I, I think that's universal no matter what job you have. And in terms of like being fearless, being not just comfortable taking the risks, but also like the music that you're hearing in your head now, are you getting able and closer to be putting it down on paper? Like that gap is shrinking. Because when you start out, it's sometimes difficult to get everything in your head. Oh, yes. Onto the paper or out into the studio. Oh, definitely. Is that gap shrinking now and you're getting... I think so and I hope so. And certainly it is with my writing and with book writing. Uh, with music, it's always like, I don't know, uh, doing melodies is really easy. But getting the words correct, that's where the art comes in. Wouldn't that be easier as a writer, though? Uh, it would depend on whether or not you want it to rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> And are you working on, uh, you said writing as well, like that include a book of poetry? Yes, it does. Incidentally, yeah, I just finished my first book of poetry and uh, I'm almost done this work of progress that I've had for a couple of years, which is a book about cancer and surviving. Mm-hmm. When, what's coming out first, the poetry book or the cancer book? My guess always will be the poetry book because it's way more fun. Are there any themes that you explore in the poetry book? Oh, absolutely. There's, a, there's one chapter called Rage. Uh, there's one called Truth. There's one called Love. You know, one called wishes. I mean, I think that uh, we can compartmentalize those types of things into uh, any emotion mm-hmm. and write a million things about it. Where's the, where does the rage come from then? Because you seem really hopeful and happy <laughs> and chill. Well, you know, I think as a performer, um, uh, maybe it's because of uh, our primary role models. For example, my mother is very shy and quiet. Mm-hmm. And whenever my mother was angry, she would do the dishes. And so my older sister, my younger sister, and myself, that is what we do when we are furious. You can see us doing dishes. And, and I always found that, um, you know, regardless of what's going on, when we, when we were writing lyrics for, for certain songs, that's where it all comes out. All the injustice that we want to talk about or, or anything is always lyrics. And then I, you save the rage for the stage. That's a great line. But how do you then like balance the hope then with like the metrics? Like, cause you're an advocate and humanitarian. You try and help people and causes animals, for example. Yes. How are you managing hope when things, when the metrics don't seem like it's, there's progression, like things are not getting better? Okay. Here's, I'll give you an example. So say you have a monk. Mm-hmm. So you have a monk sitting on a mountain. All right. Okay. And he's always, he has a peaceful face. He, he's got a, the corners of his mouth are turned up. He's smiling. And he's quiet, and he's always still, and he's always 
seemed so peaceful and gentle. And the student uh, was getting upset with him. The student said, how can you just be so happy and content all the time when, when, when people are burning themselves in the street, you know, against the government, people are being set on fire, people are being killed. How, how is it possible? And he just looks at the student and said, you don't think I have a rage every day I wake up? He says, I have so much rage and fury. Uh, he said, I'm like a tiger. He said, as soon as I get up, I go sit on my mat and I meditate until it goes away. And I do it again the next day. And I have to do it over and over and over. And uh, that's why they call it a practice. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why yoga is a practice. That's why meditation is a practice. And, and I think with uh, being compassionate or or forgiving or, or thinking in those terms, I think it takes a lot of work all the time, you know. And uh, I think that it's natural for human beings to be outraged uh, by a lot of things. But I also think that there's the other side the duality of humans is that we also are very forgiving. We're very generous. We can be kind, compassionate people. Uh, there's a time and a place. That's why we have, you know, the ability to protest and, and express ourselves. Does some of this compassion and some of this humanity, does it ironically come from, like, your relationship with animals and dogs and things like Probably. that? Probably. I mean, if you think about animals, for example, uh, you know, even even abused animals or animals that have been hurt uh, by people, they still trust again, mm -hmm. you know, and it's it's almost heartbreaking. It, it makes you ache. Uh, but really, we could learn a lot from them. Does it surprise you that how much they continue to love and trust, even though they've been kind of let down or even abused in the past? It's actually amazing. And it really should stand as an inspiration for us because, you know, on one hand, human beings kind of think that we're the evolved mammal uh, but these animals are always full of forgiveness and humanity more than we are we're actually barbarians you mm -hmm. know we're, we're actually compared to animals we're like disgusting yeah i mean we'll do the silent treatment we'll sure play games you know the and, and we'll harbor and that's the, the difference i think that uh you know we harbor grudges and we harbor injuries uh, and sometimes we go through our whole lives bearing them like a cross mm -hmm. or like a crutch, you know, and it's just, it's not necessary. Yeah, because, I mean, when we start off, like, as children, you you get disappointed or your mom or dad yells at you or whatever. And sure. And then you get upset and things like that. But then, like, 30 seconds later. You forget. Yeah, and you're back to, like, Lego and Play-Doh. Of course. Right? Like The heart of a child. The heart of a child. And that's, I guess, is what you're getting at. Like, we Absolutely. lose that eventually. We lose that magic. But we don't, we don't have to. And I think that's the, that's the difference. You know, I, I know I have a lot of friends who, uh, who take kind of pride in being jaded and they think it's funny. And I, hey, I have a great sense of humor. I get it. You know, that sarcasm and <laughs> sure it's funny. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you don't have to go through your whole life like that. And there are people in this world who go through their whole lives being, you know, joyful and, uh, and really kind and very forgiving regardless of what's happened to them in their life. And I just think that they, they're actually here to teach us something. The, the way you express hope, then, it's almost like a battle against cynicism. Sure. All hope is, especially in this day and age. I mean, you know, the world is madness. It's just absolute, utter madness. It's nuts. It's just mad. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and for us to stay positive and, and to keep, uh, keep going and keep that positivity and share it with other people is... I mean, it's a deliberation. 
And this is what you go back to what you're saying before, which is like, it's a practice in terms of, because there'll be times when maybe the album didn't sell that well, or you have breast cancer. Like there's a lot of sure. setbacks that you've had. You oh, sure. You haven't had an easy road. By I don't think <laughs> anybody has an easy road though. I mean, you know, and, and again, it, it all depends on, on perspective. I think that every person is going to, in some form or another, have barriers in their life to, to getting where they want to get, whether it's in, within their family or in their education or in their personal or professional life. And I think it's how we rise again. You know, they say fall down seven times, stand up eight. Right. And yeah, if you have a sense of humor about it, it's just always going to be worth it. Is standing up and getting back up, is that another practice as well then? I think that we have to do it every day. I think everybody does it, and people don't give themselves enough credit. Uh, because if you can go on every day, because something happens to everybody in our lives. People, everybody has hardship. In some way, everyone has experienced pain, death, sorrow, whatever. Um, I think every day that we get out of bed is actually an opportunity to acknowledge that we have actually stood up again. Mm-hmm. You know, every day is an opportunity. You're almost talking about like miracles in a weird way. Like, Every day is a miracle. Right? When you talk about the bird, the cardinal and stuff like that. Oh, like, yeah. That's amazing. Right? Like we kind of like because we're always busy looking at our phones or yes. we're, we're running to meetings and things like this. Or like we, sure. we just kind of shove food into our mouths during lunch. We don't eat it properly. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I know. So it's almost like what you're talking about is like having a vision or being able to see miracles. Like you're actively looking for miracles. The way a director will actively look at a room and then figure out how to do a shot. It's like looking for the silver lining and everything. And, and I think that that's an easy habit to get into. It's just a habit. That's all it is. It's not any kind of magical thinking or, or any kind of, you know, dogma or doctrine. I think it's just beca- can become a habit for anybody. And this road that you're on, it has brought you from Vancouver to Toronto now. You're living here yeah. for the last couple of years. How are you finding Toronto, especially compared to Vancouver? Is there certain things of Vancouver? Uh, here, we, here we play stick and puck. We got hockey skates. The first winter we moved here, and uh, and we BMX every day here. Vancouver w- is a fantastic place. I lived there for thirty years, but being here in Toronto for the last uh, almost eighteen months has been phenomenally wonderful. We love it. It's so much fun. This is this might be a silly question for somebody who's always on the road, but have you found that your writing differs or is different in uh, Toronto than Vancouver? That's an interesting question. Because Vancouver's uh, got the mountains, right? So it's a little bit more... But I couldn't see the mountains from That's where I live. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody says, the mountains. I was on the water um, and the mountains were behind me. But I think that uh, there's so much natural beauty here. We live right on the lake. Uh, and you can't see the horizon. It looks like the ocean to us. Mm-hmm. So... I, Nothing's really changed that much, you know. Uh, here, there, it seems like there's, there's more people. It's more diverse. Uh, we, we love being here. And, we were talking uh, about the food off the air, too. Phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal food. <laughs> phenomenal <laughs> grocery. I love it. Yeah. So you mentioned you have a poetry book coming out, and you have a, uh, like a nonfiction book, like kind of just documenting your cancer struggles. Um, is there also like any other film work coming up as well? Um, I don't know, actually. We've got always something on the go. Things, things come across my manager's desk all the time. And mm-hmm. some of them are kind of funny, the things that I get asked to do. Um, but you never know. I think this fall we're going to be concentrating on getting new music out and hopefully coming on tour. When, you're, when you've done a couple of like acting roles and stuff, like, do you like being different? Like just having like 
uh, it's like being somebody else other than yourself. Absolutely. Is it a nice break from being biff naked? Well, you know what it is, is it's a challenge. And I mean, it's easy for me to get cast as, you know, I've always been offered roles like playing a stripper, playing a hooker, playing a singer. I'm like, the tattoos give it away. Really? Is it a stretch? Uh, so I like doing something that's different, you know, playing a police officer, playing a doctor, playing a, I don't know, a villain, you know, stuff like that would be really fun you'd be a good villain oh thank you yeah, thank you so. very much yeah i think yeah that would be acting yeah no i can buy that yeah that'd be fun so when is the the new music is when are you hoping that will come out um i think within the next couple of weeks we're going to probably drop a single what yo yeah and then a tour exciting. after that from your mouth to god's ears we'll be on tour after that all right and where can people find you online to, to keep track of all the singles and all the projects and the books and everything and the cardinals and the cardinals i put up a story of a cardinal yesterday uh they can find if you just put biff naked into your search engine it'll come up i'm on twitter i'm on facebook instagram all right thank you biff for coming in and hanging out thank you for having at, me uh, streaming at cf thank you this was a lot of fun so. yeah it was lots of fun i'll see you again all right done thank you Yay. Yo, that was a fun treat. Just uh, talking to Biff naked. Good to see that she's been, uh, she's hanging in there and her health seems to be all right. She's been through a lot in the last few years. Uh, we kind of touched upon the breast cancer, but there's been some other issues. And, um, I'm sure that she's continues to write either books or music. Those stories uh, will continue to come out. In terms of my story, you can follow me on the Twitter on the Facebook and on Instagram. It's all my pal Sammy. Super simple. I'm your host, Sammy Yunan. This has been my summer layer. Thank you for listening. Shout out to Streaming at CF for the place here at the In Center. This is a really cool gig. And uh, hopefully we get more places like this in the city. People who kind of take a risk and uh, jump off and encourage other creators. Thank you.